As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another Friday episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Happy Friday to you all, it's a Saturday FPL deadline this week, 11am UK time. In today's episodes, I'll cover the main news from the press conferences, there's been a lot happening over the past hour or two, answer Twitter questions and discuss captaincy for the weekend. I'll also discuss where I'm at in my thought process in terms of transfers. If you'd like to become a subscriber to The Athletic, which I recommend doing so, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get 33% off an annual subscription. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of all these podcasts. The main news from Thursday and Friday's press conferences. I'm just going to go through these notes in alphabetical order. So first up, it's Arsenal. Mikel Arteta on Smith Row. He said he's carrying an illness. He's not been feeling good. Let's see how he is in the next couple of days. So Smith Row is a doubt for the weekend. Ben White is back in full training. So good news if you own him ahead of the good fixtures. At Aston Villa, goalkeeper Martinez and midfielder Buendia won't feature. They should be back in game week five. I think they're in Croatia at the moment because of COVID reasons, but they're working hard and they should be available for game week five was the comments today. At Brighton, Lamptey is getting closer after being out for a long time, but he's still not ready to start yet. So hopefully that's good news for those of us who own Joel Veltman. Chelsea, Lukaku is fit. Tuchel said no problems whatsoever in training today. So Lukaku's looking good for Game week four, not so good for Kante and Pulisic. Both of those guys are ruled out. At Everton, Calvert-Lewin was pictured in training on Thursday and there was comments today that he has been training. So Calvert-Lewin, like Lukaku, is looking okay for the weekend. At Leeds, there's still no words on the availability of Rafinha. So Bielsa's comments when they were translated were the uncertainty was not difficult to prepare the game. He plays depending on what the club transmits to me. So 
today we've had Jimenez looks like he's okay for Wolves. You know, Almiron's okay. You know, that was Mexico and Paraguay. But there still seems to be no answers about the Brazilian players. So Rafinha, Alisson, you know, Gabriel Jesus, Ederson, all these players, Fabinho, it could go right down to the last minute. So we might not find out today, which is Friday. The teams, the managers seem to think, you know, the discussions are still ongoing. So it could be Saturday morning before those decisions are made. So it's a bit of a nightmare. You know, I've got Rafinha. I'm going to keep him anyway, but hopefully they do get the green light like those other countries and hopefully common sense does prevail and those guys do play. So unfortunately, at the time of recording, we don't know what's going to happen with the Brazilians, but the other South Americans seem to be okay. Bielsa did also say that Dan James is available for the weekend, saying he can play on either side. So you would imagine if Rafinha can't play, that Dan James will probably come in there. At Leicester, a few comments from Brendan Rodgers. First on Pereira, he said he trained today. Now that comment was made yesterday, so Pereira trained on Thursday. He was out on the pitches and came through a session and looked very good. Ryan Bertrand's also available. Johnny Evans and Vestergaard will be assessed. There was also comments from Rodgers on new signing Adamola Lukman. His preferred position would be off the left. His contribution will be dependent on the tactic we want to use in the game. Harvey is more direct, so he's referring to Harvey Barnes there. Harvey is more direct, super fast in carrying the ball. Both are different types, but both would prefer to be on the left. So what that tells me is there's a little bit more competition now for Harvey Barnes. He's already not been getting 90 minutes, so I think that kills him off for the time being as an FPL option. At Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp was asked about the Brazilians. He said, Firmino will not be available because of injury. So that's good news for Jota. And then he said, about the rest, I don't know yet. It's really, really difficult situation. Really tricky for all the clubs. Virgil van Dijk is also fine. There were some concerns about him during the break, but he is looks like he's going to be fine to start. At Manchester United, Solskjaer, you know, dropped a bit of a bombshell. You know, it depends on how you want to read into it, but his comments on Ronaldo were... He'll definitely be on the pitch at some point, that's for sure. So that really does not help us if we're thinking about buying Ronaldo today. For me, that probably puts me off him. There was already doubts there in my mind that he might be on the bench anyway. That comment from Solskjaer just adds fuel to the fire. So I'm leaning towards not getting Ronaldo now. And that was the same thing I said on Tuesday's episode anyway. For me to get him, it's losing Bruno for a minus four. So I think it's an easy decision now for me not to get him. At Newcastle, Callum Wilson and Fraser are both ruled out. There's no time scale on Callum Wilson. At Tottenham, not good news for Sun owners. Nuno said, Sonny is not so well. I don't know if it's serious. Let's wait and see. The doctors will make the analysis. So it doesn't sound good for Sun. At Watford, João Pedro is back in full training. And Ben Foster remains out. And finally at Wolves... So Jimenez looks like he's going to be fine. The comments were, we think we can use Raul because this game is about putting the best players on the pitch. The best players from both sides should be on the pitch. I'm very thankful for the decision. So it looks like there's been discussions with the Mexican FA and Jimenez has got the green light to play. So more about him when it gets to my current transfer thoughts. Getting into the questions from Twitter. First one from Jimmy. Quite simple, Lukaku or Ronaldo. So I think if you asked me this this morning before the press conferences, I would have said Ronaldo. But now I think I'm going to flip it and I'm going to say Lukaku because we know he's 100% fit. And those comments from Solskjaer about Ronaldo being on the pitch at some point 
tells me that there's a good chance he will start from the bench. So I think Lukaku, I think I mentioned this on Tuesday anyway, I think Lukaku's probably a better captaincy option anyway this week. I like that Aston Villa fixture for Chelsea when there's no Martinez in goal. So Lukaku for me now over Ronaldo. Question from Noah. What do we do about the South American assets? I have Rafinha and really want to bring in Jimenez, but I can't do that if he's not allowed to play. So as I said, it's only the Brazilians I think we need to worry about now. If you have Rafinha and we don't get any news before the deadline, I think we just keep him anyway because if you look past this game week, really good fixtures coming up for Leeds in the next few after the Liverpool game. So I'm probably just going to take it on the chin, keep Rafinha Worst case scenario, he doesn't play. It's going to be someone like Shimakas or Brownhill coming off my bench, which is a bit of a disaster, really. But I do want to keep Rafinha for the following game week, so I'm not going to take a minus four to get rid of him. Question from Steve. What would you say is the optimal formation? Steve is currently on 3-5-2 and can go to 4-4-2. I just think there's a lot of value in midfield, but a lot of people are saying 3-4-3 is the best formation. What is the best way to go? As always, there's no best formation in FPL. Depends on your current team structure and, and lots of different factors. For example, which players you currently own and which ones you want to bring in. I did have a play around with a wildcard squad yesterday for my athletic column. And what I found was I settled on a 3-5-2 formation. Now, I think probably comes down to, for me anyway, it will come down to 3-5-2 or 3-4-3. And that depends on whether you put Calvert-Lewin in there or not. So I think the ideal front three at the moment is Antonio, one of Ronaldo or Lukaku. And then you can either go Calvert-Lewin alongside them, or if you don't, you can go five in midfield. You know, lots of options. Greenwood, Jota, Torres, you know, Salah, Rafinha. There's loads of options in midfield. And there's even some good cheaper ones as well, like Saar and Traore. So at the moment, I favour still either 3-5-2 this episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Or 343. Next question comes in from Sean. When would you make the switch to Chelsea assets looking ahead to game week 7? Is it worth bringing them in, knowing the fixtures and maybe catching a few price rises? Sean says, if I can avoid using my wildcard then I will. So next three fixtures for Chelsea are Aston Villa, superb. Then it's Tottenham and Manchester City, so a little bit trickier. But Chelsea are a fantastic team, so I don't think fixtures matter too much for them. So I think it's absolutely fine. To start getting your Chelsea players now, you know, get Lukaku this week, maybe a Mason Mount, maybe a Christensen or a Rudiger. I think it's absolutely fine to go a little bit earlier because there's no reason why they can't get points in the next three game weeks. And then we know from game week seven onwards, Chelsea fixtures are superb. So yeah, fine to get them now and also fine to wait. It's one of those where it doesn't really matter. It just comes down to how your 
current situation is. If you can get them in now, absolutely fine. Question from Arnesh. We need enablers for all the premiums in the game. Who are the best midfield options under 6 million? So what I've done here is I've just opened my watch list, sorted by a maximum price of 6 million, and the players that show up are Saar at Watford, Triori at Wolves, Damari Gray, Mbwemo, Smithrow, and Connor Gallagher. So Smithrow straight away probably wouldn't go there because of his illness. Gallagher, I need to see more. I'm not going to be falling into the trap of getting him just because he scored twice. I want to see if he can do that consistently. Mbwemo probably just hasn't done enough yet. Damari Gray, I think it's two goals in three games. Will he do it consistently? I'm still not convinced. So that leaves me with two. You know, Saar, who is most likely going to be Watford's talisman this season. He'll play 90 minutes every week. And Triori, who's looked really good in the first few game weeks and also very likely to play 90 most game weeks. So I think Saar and Triori, it's a tough one because both of them have good fixtures in the short term. Triori's got great fixtures for 10 or 11 game weeks, so I'd probably be inclined to go with him. But I think it's it's a 50-50 call between those two and it comes down to personal preference. I think both of them are pretty good punts in that you know fourth or fifth midfield position. Question from Neil Byrne. Is it time to get off Greenwood? Absolutely not. If you have Greenwood, do not sell him before Newcastle. You know, three goals in three games. You know, what more do you want? Maybe you have some rotation fears because Ronaldo's there now, but I don't think that matters. I think whether Ronaldo starts tomorrow or not, I think Greenwood definitely starts. You know, if Ronaldo's up top, I think Greenwood will be on the right wing. And if Ronaldo doesn't start, Greenwood will probably play through the middle again. So I would absolutely not sell Greenwood. I'm even considering bringing him in for the Newcastle game. So there's there's my strong opinions on Mason Greenwood. Final question is from Sebastian. Is it worth going minus eight to get Jota? I need to get rid of Shimakas, and since a lot of managers are taking a minus four, it doesn't seem too bad. So one thing I would say there is I try never to compare myself to the other managers or the other, you know, the competition when it comes to my decision. I would never say, oh, I'm going to take a minus four or minus eight this week because a lot of people seem to be taking hits. I think you should focus on your own team and, and you know, focus on your own hit rather than what other people are doing. And, you know, a lot of the time, if you think a lot of people are taking hits, you can look at it the other way and think, if I don't take a hit here, I'm already four points ahead or eight points ahead going into the game week. So, yeah, just be careful with that thought process is what I would say. Jota is an interesting one now because Firmino, he's not going to play game week four. There's no time scale, so maybe he'll miss a couple of games. We don't know. So Jota is very, very attractive now. If I was on a wild card, Jota would probably be one of the first names in it now. Now, when it comes to a minus eight, I don't love it as much. It is a bit annoying now that us Shimakas owners can't get Jota easily. We knew we were making that decision in game week one, but now when it comes to the crunch, it is quite frustrating, especially when Firmino's injured. So personally, I would be against uh, a big hit like a minus eight to get Jota, in particular, if you've already got a pretty decent starting 11 for game week four. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next up is captaincy for the weekend. I put a poll on Twitter this morning with four options. Ronaldo, Salah, Lukaku and Antonio. The result of that poll, there was about 12,500 votes. Ronaldo, runaway winner, 49.7%. Salah, 28.8%. Lukaku, 11.9%. And Antonio got just 9.6%. What does Antonio have to do to be come you know much more popular in these captaincy polls he's been you know top scorer in the game he's got a really good fixture this weekend so i you know i thought he would get a lot more than 9.6 percent of the vote now what i would say about this poll is it's probably out of date now because after the press conferences i think if i ran the exact same poll it would be different i think lukaku's percentage would be higher ronaldo's would be lower and then and salas would probably be a little bit higher now as well uh, given all these comments now my ranking of those four options for captaincy now for the weekend, Salah is number one. He's probably the player I'm going to captain. I think Leeds will give him plenty of chances and he'll definitely play. Lukaku, now probably ranked number two for me after Tuchel's comments. I would have Antonio number three again because he's definitely going to play. He's got a good fixture. And Ronaldo is fourth in my pecking order for captaincy now. I'm going to, I might have to sit in Old Trafford tomorrow you know and uh and eat my hat you know probably not going to wear a hat now just so that i don't have to eat it but you know fernando starts and scores a hat trick i'll have to eat my words but at the moment on the information i have going into the game week i think salah lukaku and antonio are better captaincy options now who are the other options those of us who are going to keep bruno against newcastle i still think he's a good captaincy option but again if there's a chance ronaldo's going to take the penalties he's probably not as good and then if you've got kane against Crystal Palace, I think he's a pretty decent option as well, although Sun out obviously weakens the Spurs' attack. There was a question here from Mark Cram as well on captaincy. Is Jota too risky as an outside captaincy choice? He has better stats per 90 than Salah, and he's nailed to start with Firmino injured, but Salah has pen. So Jota has emerged now, I think, as a captaincy candidate. If you have him, or if you're bringing him in, I think he comes into your consideration because he's going to play. But again, when it's Salah, when he started the season well and when he's got the penalties, I find it quite hard to captain you know, Jota over Salah. I think owning Jota is enough, but I do like the Salah captaincy now. On to my current thought process for transfer. So usually by this time on a Friday, I'm pretty clear on what I'm doing. This week is different because it's been a bit chaotic for the last few days, especially with all these South American players. I still don't know what's happening with Rafinha. So what I need to do this evening is switch everything off, sit down for an hour or two with my own team and figure out exactly what I'm going to do. So I've got one free transfer. Like I said, I'm probably just going to take Rafinha on the chin, whether he plays or not. Just not worry about that and just keep him. So going back to the five options I mentioned on Tuesday, option one was save. I think that's still a possibility. That would mean just keeping Danny Ings against Chelsea, which is not ideal, but Ings, very good striker, always capable of scoring against anyone. Option two, Bruno and Ings out for a minus four for Ronaldo and one of Greenwood or Torres. I've gone off the minus four idea now. 
because of those comments today. I just wasn't keen on it anyway. To me, selling Bruno for a minus four before a game against Newcastle doesn't sit right with me. Option three, Ings to Jimenez. That is a possibility now as well, now that Jimenez is okay to play. Option four, Lukaku in instead of Ronaldo. So if I do take a minus four tonight, I think it would be more likely now that I'll get Lukaku and captain him rather than bringing in Ronaldo. And even if I did bring Lukaku and I said captain there, but I think I'm still leaning towards Salah, regardless of who I bring in this week. And option five was wildcard, which I've ruled out now. You know, that was really only going to be a consideration of Calvert and Lewin was ruled out and it looks like he's going to be okay. So I'm looking at something like Sanchez and goal, Trent, Shaw and Veltman, Salah, Bruno, hopefully Rafinha and Ben Rama in up front, Antonio, Ings and Calvert Lewin. So Ings might become Jimenez. I might do nothing and I might take a minus four. So it's it's a strange week. You know, at one point I was looking that I could go from anywhere from saving a transfer to wildcard. And I think quite a few of, of the listeners are probably in that scenario as well. So again, it's going to be a Friday night decision for me this week. I will try, you know, as often as I can to have my transfers locked in by the time I record this episode on a Friday. But as you know, with FPL, that is not always the case. Best of luck to you for game week four. Enjoy the games, enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Tuesday. If you'd like to hear today's Patreon podcast, which will be recorded this evening, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General. I wish you all a green arrow. The Athletic.